sponsored by Displate. The era of switching from Android to iPhone is over. But is it though? Apple recently released a new iPhone SE that has all the power of an iPhone 11, a camera that can beat out the iPhone XR, Touch ID, and yeah, a forehead and chin straight out of 2017, but at a price tag of just $399 in the US. And it prompted a lot of reactions. If you can walk into a carrier store and walk out with an iPhone for cheaper than most Android phones in 2020, that's a big win for a lot of people. I'm excited about it though. I think for $399, it's a really good deal. Apple essentially just delivered one of the best value phones of the year and in a long time. I've, I've grown to like this thing. I can't really explain it. Like every logical part of my body is like, this is not a special phone, Dave. It's just an iPhone SE. It's really not meant for enthusiasts, but I'm drawn to it. Even my pal, Jerry Hildenbrandt of Android Central, in an article still making the industry rounds, wrote, The cheapest iPhone has a more powerful processor than the most expensive Android phone. So, are people really happy with their choices and their ecosystems? Are they set in their ways and their current phones? Have they decided the grass never really gets any more green? Or... Are there still frustrations that come up, new features that get added, security scandals that blow up, and new phones at new lower price points that change everything again? I'm Rene Ritchie, and this is Switching to iPhone in 2020. Okay, so yeah, first up, I have to point out that there are some very legitimate reasons not to switch to iPhone. And to be frank, they're also the reasons I buy an Android phone every year, currently a Pixel 4. First, Apple is the only company making iPhones. So if you don't like what Apple's doing, or you just don't like Apple, you're out of luck. There just aren't any other phones running iOS. With Android, if one company ticks you off or stops serving your needs, you have several other dozens to choose from. You can also get features and form factors that Apple just doesn't consider ready for prime time yet, like 108 megapixel, 100 time periscope zooms, and yeah, all the folds and flips. If you hate notches, you can get foreheads or hole punches or the mechanical choochers that raise or lower cameras or spin them around. You can get waterfall and wraparound displays, USB-C ports, the occasional 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, SD card slots, even physical keyboards. The metric tonnage of hardware options is just something Apple won't and can't ever match. Also, like Subways, you can have your Android phone your way. With the iPhone, sure, you can change wallpaper and move around icons, but you're always locked to that look and to that grid. Android isn't your dad or your mom. It's not the boss of you, no matter how much the Google Play APIs try to send you to your room. You can theme, swap launchers, make your system font comic sans if you really want to, but oh God, please don't. Some people just want their phones to just work for them. But if you're willing to work for your phone, literally the more time and effort you're willing to put in, the weirder and wilder and more you your Android phone can become. Even if Apple adds a theme kit and proper font kit and finally kicks that new springboard design out the door, short of jailbreaking, this again is something Apple simply won't and can't provide. On the flip side, not an actual flip, you know what I mean there are still some totally valid reasons to make the switch to iPhone. And these are the exact reasons I personally have stuck with the iPhone and keep using it as my main phone low these many years. 
I'm going to talk about a lot of the individual elements that go into this hottest of hot takes in a minute, like being able to turn the iPhone into a really great Google phone, or not at all, the quality and power of the hardware and apps, the security and privacy model, and the comfort that comes from having AppleCare and software updates available for years. But the new iPhone SE really is a game changer in that, like I said up front, it gives you all of these advantages, but at a starting price of $399 in the US. Sure, that price is not the same in India and many other countries, thanks to the tyranny of international pricing. But in the US, that price is compelling, and frankly, something Apple hasn't had to offer in a good long while. If the home button and Touch ID aren't deal breakers, hell, if they're deal makers for you, the iPhone SE alone is probably the biggest incentive anyone's had to switch to the iPhone in years. If you're on Android, outside of China, with very, very few exceptions, you're on Google. And that's totally fine for a lot of people. Google makes it so that you can pick up almost any Android device, current Huawei bands notwithstanding. All you do is log in with your account and basically be up and running, lickety split. With an iPhone, you can use your Apple ID, which you might already have from iTunes back in the day or an iPad now, or whatever. And if you love you, your Google, and want to stick with all of their services, that's fine. Just download any or all of the plethora of iOS apps that Google provides in the App Store, from Gmail to YouTube, Maps to Chrome, and log into any of them with your same Google ID. And Google will very helpfully try to log you into everything else using that ID. That's because iPhone customers still provide so many eyeballs and so much money for Google that Google makes damn sure they're all over the iPhone. And for anything you may have that's not Google, Apple has a switch to iOS app right on the Google Play Store that'll help you move everything else over as well. It all just works so well, a legitimate argument could be made, and I know because I've made it a lot, that the iPhone plus Google apps and services can be an absolutely terrific Google phone, an even better Google phone than many Android phones can be. If you don't like Google outside of China, using Android, is tough. Google has their hooks in deep in the OS, even further down than the Google Play APIs, which let modern Android phones be Android phones. Even if you go out of your way to avoid Google services, Android is essentially the mother of all Google services. So while you can make the iPhone into a really top flight Google phone if you want to, you can also make it only partially a Google phone or not any kind of Google phone at all. If you don't like Google's privacy policies or security track record, if you hate the idea of data harvesting and data exploitation and surveillance capitalism in whatever form, you can avoid Google services entirely. You can stick to Apple's apps if you want, use a mix of indie apps, or even go all in with Microsoft. Because yeah, you can make the iPhone into a pretty great Windows phone as well. The point is, with the iPhone, you get to choose. And sure, you can also deck out your iPhone with all the Facebook apps if you want to. The big blue one, Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, all the other app clones. They all work great on the iPhone, better even than any other phone. I mean, that's the reason you so often see celebrities with Android endorsements. Even the media teams at other Android makers accidentally post their Android ads from the iPhone. Whoops. Same with TikTok. It's why you see iPhones in the hands of so many of the biggest people on the platform. But like with Google apps, you also have the option of just saying no to Facebook apps, even apps using the Facebook SDK. It can certainly be tricky, but you can find privacy-centric options for pretty much every kind of non-social app. 
And that's because Apple has been leading the way on privacy. And when Apple talks about privacy, they're talking about privacy as in zero knowledge, as in even Apple does not get your data. Sure, you can choose to back up online with Apple if you want to, but you can also choose not to and use a good old fashioned USB hardline instead. Google and Facebook have been forced to talk about privacy lately as well, but Google has been intentionally conflating it with data retention and Facebook with data encryption. They've also been really, really happy to throw third-party developers under the bus and out of the data chain and call that improved privacy. So far though, Apple's the only one who's been really, really happy to cut themselves out as well. If you think that just means and makes Apple services totally suck, that's totally fine. You still have the option of using Google's or Facebook's or Microsoft's or anyone else's services instead. Apple and the iPhone are just the only ones currently offering you that range of privacy and security options. Did you ever notice that the one app where Google's self-proclaimed openness ends hard is the Pixel camera app? Google doesn't make it or its amazing algorithms available, never mind for the iPhone, but even for other Android phones. And seriously, I actually don't blame them. Companies tend to keep closed what makes them money and open up what makes their competitors money. It's why AdSense is closed and Safari is open. And the Pixel camera is legitimately fantastic. With even commodity sensors and glass, it routinely outshoots the monstrous behemoth sensors companies like Samsung and Huawei are festooning their phones with these days. I've been using a Pixel 4 going on half a year, and I still wish Apple would come close to what Google is doing with Super Red Zoom. Now, Apple may not be using 108 megapixel sensors or periscope cameras, and they may not be doing Super Red Zoom, but they have put together a pretty remarkable blend of camera hardware, silicon image signal processors, and machine learning software to create what are routinely some of the best photos in the business and the best video, period. Apple's gone so far as to make custom storage controllers so you never miss a photo or a frame, to offer real-time live previews for computational effects so you can pose your shot in the preview, and it has instant shutter so what you see is what you capture and not even the pixel can match any of that. Likewise, the depth and quality of photo and video apps on the iPhone is simply unmatched, maybe unmatchable, given it's just easier to make apps like that for hardware as consistent as the iPhones. Almost everyone talks about the value and power of the Apple ecosystem, and for a good reason. When you buy an iPhone, you also get all the free apps Apple makes for it. Free as in free, not free as in your data, including the iWork Suite, GarageBand, iMovie, and more. Plus all the free training and courses they offer, not just at Apple stores, but increasingly online as well. There are still better third-party apps sooner, and for a variety of reasons, none of which are likely to change anytime soon. You can use iMessage and FaceTime for end-to-end -end encrypted text and audio and video chat, they're not cross-platform, which is a legit frustration, but they work great. And if you need cross-platform, you can again get everything from Facebook Messenger to Facebook WhatsApp to Google Meet, Hangout, Duo, whatever, to Microsoft Skype, to Signal, to Discord instead, or as well as anything else. There's the Apple Watch, which is the best wearable on the market. So much so, it's pretty much all of the market. And AirPods, which have become so popular, they're a meme. If you have a Mac or iPad, continuity lets you share cellular data, copy and paste clipboards, and even sync not just data, but state between apps. So you can put down a half-written email on your iPad, pick up your iPhone, swipe, and just keep typing that exact same email. And of course, there's AirDrop, which lets you send files back and forth so quickly and easily, you literally start feeling lost without it. 
and you get software and security updates in every country, on every carrier, all the time, at the same time, for years. I think around like five years now. So if you decide to stay with the iPhone you bought, you get a lot more value in the long run. And if you decide to sell it or trade it in, you get a lot more sale or trade-in value as well. And that's as true with a current flagship like the 699 iPhone 11, 1099 iPhone Pro Max, or whatever we get this fall, as it is with the brand new iPhone SE, starting at 399 in the US right now. Now, I get it. I totally get it. What one person can find focused and consistent, another can find tunnel visioned, monotonous, even boring. One person's security can be another person's straitjacket. Each advantage can be a disadvantage. Apple and the iPhone simply aren't for everybody, which is why it's so great we have so many great choices right now. Because everyone's taste is different, which is why Displate has so many awesome options as well. Displate makes these amazing, one-of-a-kind metal posters, like wall art for the 21st century. You mount them with magnets, and then you can switch them up anytime you want. I ordered mine already. In yesterday's video, I showed you all the cool Star Wars, Marvel, and trending collections I browsed through before choosing. What I didn't show you was what I chose. Well, unboxing time. First, you see all the mounting gear. Then, you see the parts of the poster. Part number one. Part number two. Part number three. And part number four. All of these go together to make the final poster. In perfect balance like all things should be. Tomorrow, I'll show you how and where I'm gonna be hanging it. But for now, right now, you can hit up the link in the description and save 30% off a Displate all your own. Thanks Displate and thanks to all of you for your support. So those are all the reasons I think sticking with Android and switching to iPhone are both valid options in 2020. Most importantly, why I think they're valid. Now I wanna hear your reasons. Hit like, hit subscribe if you haven't already, and ring that bell gizmo so we can hang out and chat in the comments for the first hour right after the videos go live. And then hit up those comments and let me know. Have you made the switch? Are you thinking about it? Are you not thinking about it? And what are your reasons? Either way. Thanks for watching. And for far more on the new iPhone SE and upcoming iPhone 12, check out this playlist right here or here, one of those here's. See you next video.